What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hello and welcome. It is Monday, September 12th, 2022. And I'm your host, as always, the Pody. What's going on, everybody? Um, this is pretty much an emergency press conference, if you will, emergency podcast episode. Um, I want to say this is episode 184. It's 184 or 185. I've neglected to, this is episode 184. Okay. I thought so. I second guessed myself when I said 185. It's been about two weeks. I apologize. I told you guys last we spoke, it was Labor Day weekend that I was not going to be able to do an episode or get one up because I was going on a boys trip up uh, to New York, a couple hours away into the mountains and for our fantasy football draft and all that good stuff. We had, we had a good time. Um, we played pool. We played pong. We were uh, going out for some good food. It was a good time, won some money on the Rutgers game, et cetera, et cetera. And so that happened. And then this past weekend, of course, that just occurred. Friday, I was working uh, my regular nine to five. Then I had to do the chains at a high school football game. And then Saturday morning, I had to wake up immediately for softball practice because I coached college softball. That started back up again for fall ball a couple times a week. So I had to get up for practice, then came home. I had to watch Rutgers annihilate Wagner 66 to seven. Um, so yeah, Rutgers is now two and oh, so that's a good thing. So I couldn't get an episode and it's going to be very difficult because I'm now doing like three podcast episodes a week on two different shows. So if you don't know, which you probably don't, because I haven't mentioned it yet, because I haven't had an episode since we launched. I have a new podcast with two of my buddies that have been on this show previously, um, Priyank and Nick, Phantom, aka Phantom Swami and Mauer Power, who uh, we will be doing that roughly two times a week. We're going to try to do it Tuesdays and Saturdays, so right before Sunday for football, and then a Tuesday show to pretty much recap after Monday Night Football, which we're about uh, two hours from Monday Night Football, not even here on the East Coast, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so I'm just going to, basically, this will be an NFL recap show for yesterday's games, get into all the nitty-gritty. It was week one of the NFL. I'll tell you a funny story that happened to me. As soon as kickoff um, took place around one o'clock yesterday, go over to the Jets and the Giants locally. Robert Sala said some ridiculously stupid things today on the Michael K show. I'll talk about that. Uh, just recap it all. Um, so again, I have a second podcast called Through the Ringer. I don't know if I actually mentioned the name. There's going to be the three of us. We're trying to do it twice a week. It's just like this podcast. It's pretty much available on any platform. Um, we are opening it up for discussion. You can send us emails. You can send us voice memos to that email address, which is through the ringer, TTR at gmail.com. And yes, it's through the ringer with an R. If you were confused about the spelling, don't worry about it. It's TTR through the ringer. And um, it's going to be a good time, so we encourage you to reach out, to check out that show, to listen. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. We did an episode uh, right before kickoff yesterday. Nick couldn't be on the show because he went to the Jets game. So me and the Phantom Swami did an episode, and we pretty much nailed our picks. Uh, we went through we, we went through about every single game, and um, we were almost dead on, spot on. So, uh, yeah, if you want to check that out, go listen, go subscribe, go follow us so you don't miss an episode and, uh, you know, leave us a comment, leave us a five-star rating, et cetera, et cetera. So without further ado, let's get into episode 184 of This Week in Sports. Okay, so. 
let's start off with what happened to me right around kickoff at 1 p.m. yesterday. So I actually woke up extremely early yesterday. Well, not extremely early, but we had planned to do this show Saturday night. But Priyank, because he works in a hospital, he is um, working insane hours. Like right before our trip, he worked a 25-hour shift essentially from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. and he got there at like 6 a.m. Then he went home, slept a few hours and met us in New York. So at the Airbnb, just it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, So he worked like a 14 hour shift on Saturday, got home late. It was just really I was not feeling it. Nick wasn't feeling it. So we decided. Excuse me, push it to Sunday morning. So we woke up, I hit him up around 930. We started the show around 1030. Um, and we pumped that out right around 12. I want to say I got that out a little after, yeah, right around 12, 15 or so it was up and ready to go. And then I went down, made some breakfast, was gearing up, ready to go. I was ready ahead of schedule for kickoff. I was excited, you know, jets against the Ravens and a lot of rainy games though. Yesterday brought a lot of rain to the table in Chicago, in New York a uh, lot of play, a lot of sloppiness. And right as one o'clock hits, I'm like, okay, so what I normally do, let me give you the rundown of what I normally do. I and my dad was with me on the couch. We're watching the Jets. Jets are on the main screen. Now, my dad doesn't typically like the red zone because he has trouble, fo you know, following it. He's not really, he doesn't really play fantasy or anything like that. So he doesn't, he doesn't care for all the games like that. Right. But you better believe by the 4 p.m. games, red zone is going on. Unless there's like a big game on like Fox, he makes me put it on. But for the most part, it's red zone for the 4 p.m. games. Now, we've always had red zone. We have a sports package. Never been an issue, right? One o'clock hits. So we have the Jets on CBS on the main TV. Fine. We both have our iPads out. We want to we want to throw on. He actually wanted to throw on red zone as well. So I try to throw on red zone because the Giants weren't playing at 425. So if the Giants were playing, you know, sometimes he likes to watch the Giants. And so I try to throw Red Zone on, on my iPad. We have Optimum or Cablevision, right? They have their own app where you can watch live TV. I go in the app and I, I'm looking for the channel. Like I click on Red Zone and it's, it's not playing. It's not doing anything. And I'm starting to get this weird feeling like, What's going on? Why, why isn't it? And in the back of my head, I'm feeling like, did they get rid of this channel on us? Like, do we not have it? So here's what I do. I hit the channel button. I, I type in 220 on my TV. I'm like, what is going on? I go right to it. And it's telling me that if I want to subscribe to this channel, go to blah, 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 optimum.net slash uh, upgrade or something, which of course didn't do anything. So my mom had just come in from the grocery store, I think. So we're both yelling at each other. Then we start yelling at her. She gets on the phone. She's calling Optimum. And it's, of course, going to put her on hold. I don't even know if anyone's working. You know, she's hitting prompts. And then they want a pin code, a password, four-digit code. And nobody, nobody in the house knows it. Uh, you know, I'm over here screaming at my dad. Did you change the bill? What's going on? Yada, yada, yada. So while she's on hold, for the most part, I start getting on my computer or I'm on the iPad now. I'm trying to log into the account, get on, find the bill. I pull it up finally, right? Because the website is hot garbage. Finally pull it up as she's just getting on the phone with somebody. And I see our bill and it was paid for the month, whatever. And under the details on the PDF of the bill, it's showing no sports package because I think the sports package that we've always had is like $14.95, whatever it is. And it's showing that we have Cinemax for $9.99. And I'm like, Cinemax? We, we've never had Cinemax. So, so then my mom and my, well, my dad starts yelling at this woman on the phone and explaining to her what the hell is going on. I've never changed anything. The, you people took this away from me for no, no reason. And I'm cursing up a storm and it's just, it's a complete nightmare, right? I'm trying to watch a jet game, but it's week one of fantasy. I have all these players. I had the best graded draft of anyone in my league. Okay. Uh, like I have such high expectations for this season and it's off to a terrible start. 
So the lady finally comes back. Okay. My dad's like, you better add it back and take off the Cinemax and it better not be an additional charge. Like, I don't know what you people are doing or what, who screwed up my account. Oh, I need the Mac address off of the, the modem. So then my mom goes up there cause I, it's football's on. I'm not trying to miss it. So then she can't figure it out. So I have to run up there. She can't see or find the, 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 the Mac address. We finally get it to her. The lady gets us the red zone subscribes us back to red zone and of course later on my mom tells me that she tried to say that it's been like this since january and if you know anything about my family or my dad especially all he does is watch sports there is no way in hell that and i'm trying to think back january was football season i don't know if it was playoffs or not or if red zone was still on in january but we mlb network nba tv like all of that stuff is being watched golf channel since January. So made no sense whatsoever. Who screwed up our account? Somebody, I mean, can you get good service nowadays? I mean, it's ridiculous. First of all, to find people to work. And when you do find them, they suck at their job. So that, that took us a while to get situated. And then sure. Red zone started working on the television while I'm trying to watch the jet game and it's not working on the iPad. So then the lady's like, Oh, trying to help me. And I'm, I'm pretty much cursing up a storm at this point. My mom's giving me a dirty look like mortified, embarrassed, whatever it is. I don't care at this point. It's like the first weekend of football, the first Sunday of football. And I'm, I'm in a group chat. I have friends. None of them can get their Sunday NFL Sunday ticket package like that's not working. I don't even know if they eventually got that working. She she couldn't troubleshoot the issue. OK, could I help you with any? No, bye. Don't talk to me. Leave. So I'm texting my brother at the same time, telling him red zone isn't working, that all this crap that happened because my brother will use our optimum account to sign in on like the NFL app or whatever app he has on his TV and he could watch the red zone that way. And he told me he couldn't get it to work even after we subscribed back. So the only way I knew it was working, eventually I got one of these, you know, websites that I used to work where I got Red Zone going for a bit. And then he texted me back that he finally got it working. So that's when I jumped in to um, to back into the app and finally it was working. So maybe it just took some time to authenticate our account, you know, and she's giving me the whole, oh, well, try, try signing out. Try uninstalling the app, ma'am. I did it all already. Oh, well, I can't troubleshoot it then because I'm not seeing, it was just a night, it was a nightmare. Eventually it was working and I don't know why I stayed watching the jet game. I turned off the last probably five minutes because new season, same old jets, second year head coach looking like an absolute neophyte, clueless. And on a special day too, you know, 9-11 memorials and, you know, it's been, you know, 21 years since 9-11, the anniversary, everybody's wearing their FDNY hats. They had the biggest uh, flag, American flag I've ever seen. It took up the full length of the field. It was absolutely massive. Everybody in the stadium was singing the national anthem all in unison. It was amazing. All throughout the league, um, you know, John Harbaugh was wearing the FDNY hat and the NYPD hat in both hands. Like, it was just one of those New York-type moments, right? And the Jets come out and lay a freaking goose egg. They're, I, I don't know. It was maybe 6 nothing or 3 nothing. Greg Zerline misses a field goal. Like, they just can't get out of their own way. Joe Flacco at 37 years old doesn't belong anywhere near the field. The so-called acclaimed, you know, the Jets, everybody knows that they have been anemic when it comes to the tight end position over the last handful of years. So what do they do? They go out and they get a tight end who played in the Super Bowl in CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin. Two guys that everybody's been raving about. I saw great things from Conklin at the green and white scrimmage when I went to that preseason. These guys were doing great things. And then Sunday comes and they don't do crap. I think Conklin caught the touchdown at the very end. I wasn't even watching the game to that point. Um, It's it just the lone, the couple bright spots you could, if you want to look at it, glass half full. Um. Michael Carter did pretty good. He he actually, there were, were a few holes for him to run in. And then Corey Davis looked pretty good. Um, I'm not going to say Elijah Moore looked bad. He didn't look bad. It's just Flacco. 
Flacco had about, I think they said on the radio on my drive home, 2.7 or 2.8 seconds to throw the ball before he had pressure. And that's about how long it takes to drop back. So this O-line is a joke. Dwayne Brown went to IR. We we, we know what, what what this is. The Jets are in big trouble. And so what, do, what happens today? Robert Sala comes out on the Michael K show and he says the most boneheaded thing I have ever heard in my entire freaking existence. Uh, these coaches that come to the New York Jets, they all have well good intentions. They all mean well. And they all fall flat on their freaking faces. So let me play you this clip and you'll hear it more towards the end. It's an absolute joke what Robert Sala says in this clip at the end. And those those little errors that the offense was was having in the first half stop happening. It's going to be explosive. And then it carries on to the second half. You're, you're just going to feel it. Uh, and, and in a way, it, it does just click where you're just stacking up day after day after day and um, and it's really, really cool when it does happen because it, it just absolutely pops off the tape. And uh, and I know it's going to happen. And I'm and I'm taking we're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts, and I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all. When it's there, it is. We're taking receipts. Okay, Robert Sala. So you're gonna you're gonna bash all the haters by the end of the season, right? When this team is ten and six and is in the playoffs as, as a wild card team, and it's all everything. Oh my God, it's all gonna come together if they just stop with the dumb penalties and get their act together, right? Because they scored a whopping nine points and a meaningless touchdown at the end of the game. What what is he smoking? And I'm so sick and tired because he was asked today about whether it's time to move on from if Flacco's still going to be the guy or not. And he gives the non-committal coach speak, the the used car salesman uh, mantra. Oh well, you know we're still we're always evaluating, but we have full faith and full confidence in Joe and, and his ability, and we believe you, you, you know that he gives us the best chance to win. But but things could change, and we're still evaluating, right? This is the same guy who said that Zach Wilson was possibly going to play Week One, and then we come to find out he isn't coming back until Week Four, possibly against the Steelers. I I'm 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 done. I'm done. It's week one, and I feel I just I, I I can't take it. It's only week one. Now, granted, I locked in the Ravens to to win this game. Stupidly, I didn't bet it, but it was one of my picks. So if you listened to me, you, you would have known to bet against the Jets and take the Ravens at six and a half. Um, you got a nice half point there because J.K. Dobbins was ruled out. The, the spread started at seven. Whatever they won by fifteen. The point being. This this is the same old Jets. I mean, this is the exact same Jets we saw last year. Mike LaFleur is putting Joe Flacco under center. When you're this bad and your O-line is this bad, and now that Dwayne Brown is on IR and they had to move Fant back to left tackle and they're and they're starting guys that don't belong on an NFL field. Um, they really should probably be playing in, in, in Saskatchewan up in Canada somewhere in the Canadian Football League with Johnny Manziel. I don't even think he's still there. That's that's the point. This team, the, the kid that probably lit it up more than any quarterback in preseason, this kid Strevler, okay? Um, and the guy in the Giants did pretty pretty good too. Uh, his, I want to say Dave, uh, Davis Webb, right? I'm thinking Davis Mills on the Texans, but Webb, yeah. Those were the two guys that just killed it in the in the preseason and neither made a roster this kid I'm not saying put him as the starter but for God's sakes Joe Flacco should not sh he should be a borderline quarterbacks coach just just make him inactive and make those two guys Mike White elevate him to starter and then put Strevler behind him and let Joe Flacco just sit there and coach guys because some nobody is coaching these quarterbacks you come to the New York Jets to die coaches players you name it these guys come to the New York Jets and they forget how to play, how to coach, how to run an NFL team. This is re this is worse than a college program what I'm watching.
and it makes it ten times worse because you had a guy in Brian Dayball in his first game with the Giants as five and a half point underdog, which I actually picked them. Um, I picked the Giants with the points, and um, they they're they're looking just as bad as the Jets the whole first half. I'm like, look, Ma, the Giants don't even have a point going into halftime. And it's like, at least the Jets had three points at halftime and we're barely losing. I think it was 10-3 at half. But what do the Giants do in the second half? They come out and they dominate. They're coming, there, it was like 13-6 or 13-7. And then Daniel Jones throws an awful pass into the end zone, just stares down uh, Saquon Barkley, who kind of went on a bit of a like out route or wheel route. And in the flat, and he should have really just, if he was going to throw it there, if that was where it was designed for, he should have just thrown it to him immediately, let him do his thing in space and, and get a few yards or break one to the house. Throws that interception. What does Brian Dayball do? He goes right over to him and he starts bitching him out and yelling at him and telling him how unacceptable that was. So they had words. And what did it do? It made him a better player because they came back. They just handed the ball off to Saquon, who looked dynamite my goodness did he get the rust off forget anything that happened last year this guy was the best running back in football yesterday and that's facts and he rushes for like 160 yards and he won them the game because they scored the game tying touchdown with a little over a minute and they decided to go for two and what did Dayball call up the little shuffle pass to Saquon and Saquon shouldn't have scored but because he's Saquon Barkley and he is an elite running back because yes I will say that he's back to elite status granted he could tear up his leg next week and he, he's done for and he'll just be known as that injury prone guy with with all the you know potential but uh no he he took that little shuffle pass planted that right foot and just or left foot in the ground and just cut right past two defenders put him on skates and just pile drived his way into that end zone but you're saying, okay, Giants are up 22-21 with um, over a minute left. Tannehill, this group, is going to go down and score a field goal. They went down, and Randy Bullock missed the field goal. New York Giants win. Not only did Brian Dayball score the tying touchdown, come all the way back, but he had the, the guts and the gall to go for two there. And I absolutely love it in that situation because, let's face it, you go for the tie, you're probably losing in regulation, you, you figure they're going to go down and score that field goal anyway. So it's like, okay, why don't I at least give myself a chance at taking the lead here? And then you never know what happens. They they could throw an interception, strip sack, fumble, uh, miss a field goal, whatever the case may be. And that's exactly what happened. And so the Giants won. And that is a huge, huge victory for that team. And that's a team that was awful last year. They got rid of an entire coaching staff that just was terrible. Um, Joe Judge was kneeling on his own 10-yard line, things like that last year. It was just bad. So now they they turn things over, bring in a guy in Brian Dayball, and looks like he's pretty damn good. I know it's one game, but but wow. Uh, they looked really bad, and then they looked really good and came back and won that game. And that's what I'm not seeing from the Jets. We're seeing the same mistakes in year two that we saw in year one. Mike LaFleur's coaching uh, offensive play calling is absolutely atrocious. It's atrocious. And if he is limited in his play calling because Joe Flacco can't move, then what is Joe Flacco doing under center? What is he doing playing the quarterback position? Because he clearly doesn't give the Jets the best, the you know, the best chance of winning. That was a very winnable game. Baltimore came out very slow, as a lot of these teams did. This was a very slow start for them. The Jets were actually doing a decent job on defense. And that was the performance they put up on offense. Third and 15, let's throw the ball four or five yards and let's punt, you know, third and 10, let's run. Like, it was, it's just so bad. And they didn't involve the tight ends at all. I can't go through another season of this. They're going to be the worst team in football at this pace. It's ridiculous. I just can't. I can't. And then to hear him come out and say what he said today about we're just this away or that away and everybody is going to regret saying all these things about us. What are you, are you high? Are you smoking some of the, like, what are you doing, man? I mean, come on, you can't be saying this, these things. And I get it, you're frustrated, but 
Show some goddamn emotion if that's the case. Don't just come with these passive-aggressive comments of, oh, you know, we're going to keep receipts and you're going to regret saying these things about the New York Jets because we've proven that we could beat the Cincinnati Bengals with our third-string quarterback. Yeah, okay, you caught lightning in a bottle once. It happens, okay? The Bengals were probably like, oh, we're not even worried about the Jets. We're looking ahead to the following week or the week after that. And they caught him sleeping a little bit. It happens from time to time. But my goodness, it was the same stuff as last year. And where was Garrett Wilson? You drafted this guy 10th overall out of Ohio State to be your number two wide receiver. He's in the game. He's out of the game. He's mostly out of the game. He's back in. He makes a flash play here. Then he's not in the game there. Like, what are we doing and this is why I laugh. How can Denzel Mims not get on the field when nobody on this offense can produce? Nobody. Put the goddamn guy out there because you're not throwing anybody the ball as it is. So uh, it's the Jets play the Browns next week. It's going to be 0-2, especially if Joe Flacco's under center because the Browns just beat the Panthers. That was the one bet I made was the Panthers minus one and they Baker Mayfield revenge game. Browns haven't won a, 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 a week one game, an opening round game to start the season since like 2005. And it, yesterday was just, it, it's week one. Th these are the things that happen. These are the things that happen. Okay, we're going to go with a little bit of a rundown now that I got my Jets rant out of the way. This is going to be a shortened episode. We're almost 30 minutes in. I don't plan on this being more than 40 minutes. So we've got the Broncos and Seahawks tonight. And I'm going to get to that in just a second. But we start with um, the Bills and the Rams to open it up on Thursday night. If you listened to Through the Ringer or if you go back and listen to our first episode, I took the Rams like an idiot. I'm like, okay, Super Bowl champs at home getting points. I know the bills are really good, but I was like, I don't buy this whole Super Bowl hangover thing. Both teams lost offensive coordinators. I put too much stock into that on the Bills side and not enough into it on the Rams side. They really um, had a lot more turnover than the Bills. They Von Miller flipped over to the Bills um, from the Rams and he was wreaking havoc. No more Whitworth for the Rams at left tackle. Um, and Von Miller proved to be too much. And then adding Allen Robinson and losing OBJ and Robert Woods. Robinson had one freaking catch. Cooper Cup was amazing, but Stafford was not good throwing three interceptions. So Bills absolutely pound them 31 to 10. And I'm ashamed because I had a free $10 bet would have paid out like 180 or so on like a five player or six player parlay or whatever it was. And the one I threw in there that didn't hit was the Rams money line. So uh, yeah, not a good start for my for me and my picks. Next one, I was all over this. This was my three-point play. So if you don't remember from either last year or the year before on this podcast, and we'll be doing it on Through the Ringer each week, we take three picks against the spread. We rank them one, two, and three. Three being your most confident pick, one being your least confident, and it's a point system. So if you hit your three-pointer, um, you get three points. If you hit your two-pointer, you get two points. If you hit the one-pointer, you get one point. And, and you just tally up those points each week. So um, to give you a recap, I had the Saints minus five and a half against the Falcons as my three-point play. It was the only one I lost yesterday, and it happened to be my three-point play. And I was teetering back and forth whether to make the, the Ravens at six and a half my three-point play. And then I heard Priang's picks, and I changed, I changed my points around, and I didn't make the Jets-Ravens my three-pointer. I made it my one. So... Um, for some reason, the Saints were getting smoked by the Falcons. I could not understand what was going on. Uh, I wasn't watching too much of the game, but I'm seeing my Michael Thomas, who I drafted, had a goose egg at the half, and I'm like, oh my God, here we go. The guy that burned me two years ago is going to burn me again. And thank God they came out on fire in the second half. They weren't able to cover the five and a half, but they won it on a Will Lutz field goal. Michael Thomas had two touchdowns in the second half. Um, it was a wild, wild finish and a cra crazy ending to that game. Um, but, you know, Jameis got banged up. He left, and then he came back in. Taysom Hill had a big, long touchdown run. Um, so so they, they came back in the second half, and, and they looked good. Um, I also had a crazy parlay, alternate spread parlay, six teams going. One of them was the Saints minus one. I had the Bengals minus one. Um, I, I put, I put the Ravens in there at minus one. And then I did, um, I know I did the, um, 
the Detroit Lions plus 12 and a half. I love what, what I saw from them on hard knocks. So I was like against the Eagles. I, I liked actually the plus five and a half. I was telling my friend who's an Eagles. She's like, oh, this is the easiest lock of the week. Easiest lock. He's like, the Eagles are going to, sh- are going to destroy the Lions. They, they destroyed them last year. It's like, Nice try, but this isn't last year. And they covered the five and a half and they covered the 12 and a half for me. And then it was the other one I had was the Colts. I needed the Colts to win. I think I had the Colts minus one as well. And it was coming down to the wire in like these three games, the Saints game, the Bengals and Steelers game and the the Eagles and Lions game. It was four. It was like 14. Then they had cut it to or to 10 and then they were down three. And then I knew I was OK there. And um you know, oh, the Panthers and Browns um, was the other one. I bet them $100. I bet them minus one. They came all the way back. They go up by the one point. And then, of course, the Browns kick a long field goal to win it. But in my parlay, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I don't know what made me do this. But I took the Panthers plus two and a half in the parlay and they lost by two. So I'm like, oh, my God, I might win this. The Colts are about to kick a field goal um, to win this game in overtime and the um the, the the Bengals were about to kick an extra point to win by one point so I was going to get two pushes in this parlay that was going to pay out uh 250 so with the pushes it was probably going to be significantly less but then the Bengals get the extra point blocked and I'm like okay now we go to overtime and the Bengals can win this and I could not push but win and then the Colts same thing they came back sent it to overtime and guess what the Colts tie and the Bengals missed not only an extra point with Money McPherson, but he shanked the shit out of a field goal that would have won the game. Then Boswell uh, missed a field goal, clanked that one. But after the McPherson miss, there was like 40 seconds left and the uh, the Steelers were able to win it uh, with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback and the loss of Najee Harris. The Bengals looked bad in the beginning of this game. They were getting smoked like 17 to three. They lost T Higgins. Steelers lost Najee Harris. Joe Burrow threw like four interceptions, fumbled the ball. It was just, it was crazy all over the place. And for the Colts to tie the Texans, unbelievable. Sorry to anyone that had them in their survivor pool. Cause that's probably the team I would have picked in week one, um, not named the Ravens, but, uh, yeah, so So we had the Saints winning 27-26. And then here was the interesting one. The 49ers were up 10-0 on the Bears. This was the sloppiest game of the week. There was all this talk beforehand about the sod, this new sod. They wanted new sod. It was rolled in. Uh, Then the... Uh, the 49ers or the Bears, somebody got flagged for like illegal use of these uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for use of these towels because they were trying to get the water off the field. And the way the water uh, was 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 just all over the field. It, it, it like widened the field. Like, I, I don't know. It, they were talking about it earlier on the radio on my drive home. It was just, it, it was insane. Those were not playable field conditions. And of course, one of my running backs, Elijah Mitchell, who I was very high on this year when I drafted him, he has now, uh, it, it came through from Adam Schefter a few hours ago. He has an MCL sprain, is going to miss two months of the season. He was running through big holes. He had like six carries for 41 yards and someone dove with their helmet right at the outside of his leg and like hyperextended it or bent it inward and he sprained his MCL. Luckily, I'm no novice fantasy player and I picked up Jeff Wilson a few days ago dropping my final pick in Sonny Michelle from my fantasy draft. So I have his backup, although he didn't do much. Trey Lance didn't do much. They were up 10 nothing. And I thought the Bears were going to get shut out. And if you listen to Through the Ringer and if you listen to me weekly on this show as well, I give my picks and I my lock of the week. That was the one I was locking. I was so dead set on this under 40 points. And the final was 19 to 10. So guess what? It hit the under easily. Okay, so uh, that was a lock for sure. But the Bears coming all the way back 19 straight and they beat the Niners. The Niners are in some trouble. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Niners are in some trouble. This whole switching over to Trey Lance did not look good. Um, I, I don't like it. They brought Jimmy G back for a reason, and it's because they don't trust Trey Lance fully. That's just facts. So they lost 19 to 10. I spoke about the Steelers Bengals. This game was just insane. Uh, the Steelers end up winning it in overtime after multiple missed field goals and extra points, etc. Not much to talk about there. Um, the Eagles won 38-35 over the Lions. I mean, yeah, the Eagles looked pretty good. Uh, I saw a stat that Jalen Hurts, only Cam Newton has more rushing touchdowns in his first uh, X number of games than Jalen Hurts. 
So uh, that's an interesting stat there. But still, I'm not sold totally on Jalen Hurts. There's some throws that he just misses that he shouldn't. Um, but the Eagles pretty much, you know, get the job done and win that. But the Lions did cover, which I called. The Dolphins and Patriots. Okay, this was a big game. Dolphins covered the three and a half. Many people, this was around two and a half to three. Many people were taking the Patriots, including uh, Mauer Power. He took them, I think, for his two-point play. And they got smoked 20 to seven. Uh, the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel dialed it up on fourth and seven or fourth and six. They go slant route right to Jalen Waddle and, and uh, he takes it to the house that pretty much iced the game there. I think Patriots were getting shut out at the half. I know Mac Jones got banged up back issue x-rays. Everything's negative, so he should be OK. Um, but the Patriots, man, they are starting off on the wrong foot. They're starting the season the way they ended it against the Bills in the playoffs. I'm not writing them out just yet, but there's a lot of nobodies on that team. I, you look at the Patriots roster and you're going to say, who's this? Who's that? This guy's on on the Patriots now, and they brought Matt Patricia back and Joe Judge, and they didn't name a true offensive coordinator. It's a little suspicious. Um, I think Josh McDaniels got out right at the right time. Um, also, uh, Tyreek Hill, he had like 80-something yards receiving in his first game, a um, bunch of catches. So, you know, they're going to be a decent team. Uh, the the next game was a was one that I wasn't too interested in. It was the Commanders uh, facing the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, in, in his second season now, let's see what he could do. Carson Wentz in his first game with Washington, and we saw it all with Wentz. We saw the ups, we saw the downs. He threw brutal interceptions. He threw he threw a pick to a lineman on a screen pass, but then he comes back and hits Terry McLaurin, and it's like whoa. This is the Carson Wentz that almost won MVP before he got hurt in 2016. So he shows flashes, but is it enough? Will he be able to get this team um, to an NFC East title? Maybe we'll, we'll see, but uh, they hold on. It was back and forth. Jaguars had come back, taken the lead, but the Washington Commanders win at 28-22. And there was a funny story I heard. The Commanders... There was a mix-up with these mugs that they were selling at the stadium. The NFL sent them Washington Huskers um, mugs, you know, for for the University of Washington. And it, it, somehow they still ended up trying to sell them. Instead of just scrapping them, they actually tried to sell them. And um, I haven't seen pictures or anything, um, but they were actually selling Huskies, like purple Washington Huskies mugs so total mix up something that would happen to the washington commanders um and then from there we had let's see we had the panthers and the browns this one was supposed to be the revenge game for baker mayfield i thought it would be the revenge game it was not the revenge game um he he was not great although he ran in that game that 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 go ahead uh touchdown and he and he slammed the ball up against the uh stanchion there and he was like heated up um you know, he was okay. He threw a touchdown, threw a pick. 59% completion percentage is just not good um, at all. Only 16 for 27, 235 yards. He did hook up with, on a deep touchdown pass to, to Robbie Anderson. That was nice. But but CMC, my goodness, I, I'm sorry if to anyone that drafted him first overall. 10 carries, 33 yards, and yeah, he got a touchdown in one play. Most of those yards were, actually, I don't know if those yards counted on the fumble. So Baker fumbled the ball, and then uh, McCaffrey picked it up and bursted it through for like 20-something, 30 yards or so. Uh, but you know, they came back, they were able to take the lead, but then the Browns just went down and kicked a field goal and the Browns ran it through their throats. Nick Chubb, 22 for 141. He didn't have a touchdown. Kareem Hunt uh, took both touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, and then he also had a rushing touchdown as well. And Jacoby Brissett played pretty good, probably outplayed him. 18 of 34, his completion percentage was only 52.9. He threw for 147 yards and one touchdown to no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 74, not great, but guess what? He didn't turn the ball over, and that's the key. You want a quarterback that you can lean on the run game, can manage it, and won't turn the ball over and lose you the game. 
All right, then we had the Colts-Texans. Talked about it. Don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, Matt Ryan looked like he was fumbling all the time. He had a couple nice plays. The kid Pierce should have caught the one touchdown in the end zone. It was a beautiful um, progression read by Matty Ice. He didn't panic. He didn't try to run outside the pocket, and it was a dime throw that should have been caught. Um, Jonathan Taylor proving why he was worthy of the number one overall pick in fantasy, and I don't know why I said CMC if you took him number one. No, Jonathan Taylor was the obvious number one pick. Nobody was taking CMC. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 31 carries, 161 yards. He did pound it in the end zone. That was the one bet I hit on the day uh, was Jonathan Taylor anytime touchdown, 50 bucks to win, 50 bucks. So I profited 50 on that bet, thank God, because uh, I lost my other bets. Um, So, yeah. That game ends up going to overtime. Somehow Davis Mills and the Texans, um, OJ Howard, I believe, scored two touchdowns in this game. I, I mean, don't get me started with the Texans. They were blowing out the Colts in this game, too, which was quite scary. But the Colts were able to come back and they ended up tying in overtime because Blankenship missed the game winning field goal. That was the theme yesterday. Lots and lots of missed field goals. So Matty Ice couldn't get the win in his debut. All right, Giants-Titans briefly touched on that. The Giants coming all the way back, down 13-0 in the first half. They come back, score 13 points in the, in the third quarter, and they go into the fourth, down a touchdown, um, and down six. They get the touchdown after the brutal Daniel Jones interception in the end zone. They get the stops they needed, and they go for two, and they win that game on, guess what? a missed Randy Bullock field goal. Again, a theme for yesterday. So congrats to the Giants and Brian Dayball. Very good job in your debut. A+. All right, Vikings-Packers. This was an interesting game because Mauer Power himself took the Vikings minus, it was minus one or minus two. And I was like, wow, that's a tough, tough game. Aaron Rodgers, I know everyone's down on him. I draft him on my fantasy team as a backup because he was just sitting there and I'll use him as trade bait when he, when he, um, shuts up the detractors because the same thing happened in week one last year against the saints. And it happened again yesterday. I did not bet on this game. I wasn't foolish enough to touch this game. NFC North, my brother, unfortunately bet the Packers, um, and they got smoked and the game turned. I'll tell you exactly when, when Christian Watkins, this fourth round, or excuse me, this, I don't know what round he was drafted. And I know Romeo dubs, I believe was fourth round, but anyway, Christian Watkins, Rodgers throws a 75-yard dime touchdown right through the breadbasket. He had a touchdown. He would have he just walked into the end zone, and he drops it. His first career, pat, uh, like, you know, reception opportunity or, or target, I think it was. First target, he drops it right through the breadbasket. Game was over right then and there. And apparently the Packers didn't know how to um, cover Justin Jefferson. This man went nine Catches on 11 targets, 184 yards, two touchdowns. And I was so angry because I drafted Adam Thielen. He just kept sliding and sliding and sliding. And I needed a receiver. I'm like, Adam Thielen is normally great. Let me get Adam Thielen. And every pass went to Justin Jefferson. And he just was like wide open on all of these passes. And it was quite disturbing. So Packers get blown out 23 to 7 the final. Okay, Cardinals, Chiefs. This was another one. Me and, uh, the Swami were all over. We agreed. Chiefs minus six and a half was a lock. They don't only win by six and a half. They win by 23. Everybody was scoring if you're a Chiefs fan. Patrick Mahomes in his career now has only thrown two interceptions on in, in the month of September. I, I forget the exact number of touchdowns, but it's ridiculous. Um, So just insane. He goes for five touchdowns in this one, 360 yards. My man, Isaiah Pacheco leading the way, the seventh round pick out of Rutgers. I knew as a Rutgers fan, as an, an alum, as somebody who watches every Rutgers game, this kid runs with reckless abandon and he runs with a fire and a passion. And I loved everything about him and everything I heard about him in Chiefs training camp was all positive that he was going to have a big role on this team. He goes 12 for 62 and a touchdown. He he did fumble, but he scores a touchdown late. Um, it was a cool moment. 
there. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, of course, I played in fantasy. Nick Adam, I played him this week in week one. And although I'm probably going to win, I'm up 18. I've got DK Metcalf. He's got this guy, Albert O., and uh, McManus for the Broncos going. So I should be okay as long as DK doesn't put up a goose egg. Um, but Edwards Alaire puts up two touchdowns. Um, and then I had Kelsey, who just, of course, did Kelsey things. Eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, they didn't miss Tyreek Hill at all. Juju had six for 79. Uh, Valdez Scantling, four for 44. Uh, Sky Moore had a reception for 30 yards. Jarek McKinnon, three for 27. Michael Hardman, three for 16. So all great there. And on the flip side, the Cardinals, got to say, might have made a mistake paying. Kyler Murray, $230 million. Uh, there were some, I get it now why they put the work study in that contract only to take it away after everybody was up in arms about it because there was a play where he got sacked off the right edge. The blitz was clearly off the right edge. Zach Ertz was lined up outside. He's supposed to change, change the play call and, and audible out of that and basically change uh tell zach ertz he needs to block and he's he needs to stay put because a blitz is coming off that side he doesn't make the adjustment at the line hikes the ball blitz comes right at him and he gets absolutely sacked easily um so he's still got a lot of things to learn and i remember oh well i don't need to study because the game just comes naturally to me and i don't i don't i don't need to work hard at this i could play video games yeah, well, little humble pie there for um, Kyler Murray either without DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. So the seat's getting a little warm if you're Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, another week or two. If they go down 0-3, oh boy. And they don't have a cakewalk coming up. They got to face the Raiders uh, next, and then they got to play the Rams. So they could be staring 0-3 um, in the face and th that seat's going to get pretty hot and they're going to start hearing some rumbling. So absolute blowout 44 21 chargers Raiders game had all the makings of a good AFC West matchup, trying to figure out what to make of this AFC West and the chargers won the game. They were up most of the game pretty easily. Um, Herbert. I loved this guy. I wanted him desperately in fantasy and I reached for him. Um, in the third or fourth round, whatever it was, because I knew I must get this guy, right? I can't let him fall to anyone else. So I pick him up. He's dominating 204 yards, two touchdowns in this in the first half. I'm like, this is great. This is why I drafted this guy, why he's going to be the MVP. He's going to put up 40 for me in week one. Second half, he throws for 75 yards and they don't do anything. And they just, it was all Raiders scoring, scoring, scoring. They put up seven points in the second half. And the Raiders put up 16, and eventually they they ended up losing by uh, five points. So Chargers do hold on. Uh, I was hoping for that three-point bonus if Herbert could get the 300 yards, but he was only at 279. So not too happy about that, um, but they do get the win there, and they're 1-0. And then finally, in the Sunday night matchup, we had the Cowboys hosting the Buccaneers. So at to, up till this point, I didn't bet any of the 4 o'clock games because, of course, like always, I'm waiting for the one o'clock games to finish. They're in overtime. I don't know if I was going to hit that par crazy parlay I did with the alternate spreads. So I didn't bet the 4 p.m. games, even though I should have bet the Chiefs. So going into Sunday night, I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to bet the Buccaneers. I loved them. They were my two-point pick, and they're getting two, two-and-a-half points. So I got them at two-and-a-half, which I was fine by. And I was like, you know what? I'm probably going to going to bet the Monday night game as well because everybody's jumping on the Broncos at minus six and a half, which does kind of scare me a little bit tonight, but I'm like, all right, it is what it is. So I decided, you know what? Why would I bet both of these games separately? No, I'm going to parlay them. So here's my current bet because obviously the Buccaneers smoked the Cowboys. The Cowboys gave me a little scare. Their first um, you know, drive, it's all scripted plays, whatever, what have you. They went down, they kicked a field goal. They looked pretty good on that opening drive, right? And then the Bucs ended up tying the game. And it's just a marvel watching Tom Brady, by the way. This man, when he drops back and slings it to Mike Evans and all these guys, I'm just in awe. It's like, I know... I shouldn't be surprised, but this guy is 45 years old and he still slings it with the best of them. Um, incredible. So I was down 120 going into Sunday night and I was like, all right, I'm going to parlay this. So I parlayed the Bucks minus two and a half and the Broncos minus six and a half at plus 256. So I put 100 on it. 
I could cash out for 90 profit right now, which I'm not going to do because then I'd still be down like 40 bucks or so. I'm like 130 down since the Thursday night game when I put that $10 uh, parlay on it. Um, so if I win, if the Broncos cover the six and a half tonight praying, I will it will pay out 356 so I'll net 256 profit minus the 130 so I will be in the green for week 1 which is just that's what I need that's all I care about because I won the 300 uh couple, last weekend with the Rutgers game when I was in New York when I live bet that at plus 300 so starting to climb out of this 700 or so dollar hole that I was in at the beginning of the year and I once I climb out of that it's going all to the moon all green every week we're betting Every single week, NFL, this is the greatest time of the year to bet football. So that's the current bet I have going right now. I'm not going to do anything else tonight. I'm just going to ride this, what my brother would do. And that's because I don't consider him a pro at this anymore because he's just bleeding money right now in terms of his sports bets. It's just ki killer, killer. And that that Panthers minus one just killed us both yesterday. Just disgusting. Um, but he would say, okay, what you want to do is you want to bet the Seahawks a little bit of money because they're going to be huge. You know, they're plus, what are they? Plus Seahawks are plus 230. So if I bet like 50 bucks on the Seahawks and they win, uh, you know, I could win. Um, Whatchamacallit? I could actually, this is not a bad bet. Uh, no, it's only no because that's minus 275 in the money line. And, you know, he would say bet the Seahawks and then you're guaranteeing yourself to win some money. But I'm not going to do that because. I'm only going to be up 120 bucks or so if this bet hits as it is. So I don't want to break even and bet another 50 or 100 uh, on the Seahawks. I'm not somebody, if I had like $50,000 on this game, well then yeah, I'll bet the other side to guarantee I can win something. But I don't have that kind of money to be betting and I'm not a big time pro better. Yeah, you know, we're talking a couple hundred bucks here or there. So that's fine. So I'll just leave it for what it is. So that's the bet I've got going. I'm playing, uh, I'm suggesting you play the Broncos minus six and a half and let's ride in the words of Russell Wilson. Let's ride. As cringy as that is, I need him to ride tonight and I need him to dominate. And I think he will, uh, you know, opening, opening night, uh, first Monday night football game of the season. There's a little juice there. He's facing his former team. I think they'll come out. They'll try to establish a run game early, you know, um, to set up the play action. And I think they'll get the win and, and, and that'll be that. So yeah, that was my recap for week one. Hope you guys enjoyed Went through it a little fast, but um, I think I hit on just about every game, every single point I wanted to make. Again, please go subscribe to Through the Ringer podcast. Again, Through the Ringer with an R, TTR. You can email us at ttr at gmail.com or send us your voice memos that we will play on air and we'll, we'll discuss whether it's a question, a comment, etc. Engage with us on social media. We welcome it. Um, but Got to get this podcast episode out. This was what episode one hundred and thirty-four. Excuse me, one hundred and eighty-four. Okay, and it was a star-studded episode all about the NFL. So we'll see what week two has in store for us when we come back next week. We'll see if I hit this parlay. If the Broncos covered the six and a half, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that that was it. That was the show, guys. So hope you enjoyed. I got to go quickly get a shower in, upload this podcast, get this all done by 8.30 for tip-off. Let's get it. Again, Russell Wilson, let's ride. This, is, this has been episode 184 of This Week in Sports. I'm the Pody, signing off. See everybody next week. Let's go Broncos.